Hello, I'm Philip. And I'm Phoebe. Welcome to Dad. And Daughter Do Death. Hello, Phoebe. Hi, Dad. How are you? I'm okay. It's been a while. I know. I don't know where time's going. I don't understand <laughs> how it's June, how we're halfway through this year, really, already. Yep. Yeah. Where's that gone? And I think we're discovering that uh, life is a overtaking death at the moment. Yeah. Well, life as is it should overtaking be. dead and daughter death. <laughs> do death. Yeah. yeah. We're finding the time when we can to get together and share some stories. <laughs> yeah. So we're adding to our library. Yes, absolutely. Which are going to be there for all time. All time. <laughs> and we've done 78 of them, this being number 79. So, yeah, we have, yeah. Any true crime news to update us with? There's always lots of true crime news, isn't there? But I think yeah, the big is. true crime news, which is a couple of weeks old now anyway, but I feel like we need to talk about it because we've mentioned it a lot, is that Laurie Fallow Daver was found guilty of killing her two children, Tylee and JJ, yep. and also was found guilty of conspiring to kill her children and conspiring to kill Chad Daybell's first wife, Tammy Daybell, who they always said she died of natural causes and they exhumed her not that long ago and found out that she absolutely did not die of natural causes. She was strangled, I want to say, or suffocated, one of mm-hmm. the two. Laurie Daybell was found guilty of all of those things um, and now they're just waiting on the sentencing. She will not get the death penalty because they took that off the table a while ago. Probably life without the Um, possibility of parole. I would assume so, yes. And then I guess we just wait for Chad's case, which I think is going to be next year now, actually. But I I think the death penalty is still in place for him if he is found guilty. so. So, yeah, I mean, good riddance. She absolutely should have been found guilty of those things. All very strange. So weird. Oh, uh, think thanks for that update, Phoebe. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on what happens when the sentencing comes out later this year. Yeah. What have you got to tell me about today? So tonight I'm going to tell you a local case, actually, from around here. Oh yeah. And it may or may not involve murder. <laughs> the uh, jury is still out. So in May 1979, Humberside Police received a phone call from a man to report his wife missing. Okay. Not an unusual thing for people to be reported missing to the police, but it did pique the police's interest after he told them that he hadn't actually seen his wife for three months. Oh. So Gloria Bilby and her husband Bernard were living in Bilton which is um, just kind of outside Hull. It's on the east side. Some people refer to it as a village. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't, but okay. <laughs> um, it's not that far from like Burton Constable, like that sort oh, of yeah. side of Hull. It's kind of around there. It's a nice little place. It's got a good Asda, great Asda at Bilton. Mm-hmm. It's just where East Hull starts to turn into like lots of countryside and head out towards the coast. So okay. it's quite a nice bit of Hull. So they had been married for... Uh, a while and they had an 11 year old son together however by all accounts they had been living separate lives for several years and but they decided to kind of stay living together for the sake of their son at the time that she disappeared gloria was working at what was then Reckitt and coleman's which was famous then for the mustard but now is Reckitt ben kaiser um and they make detol and finish tablets and neurofen 
okay. vanish, all sorts of household names. So that's where she was working at the time. But it seemed that she lived quite a complicated and colourful life because on one hand, she was a doting mother to her young son. The other hand, she lived what many saw as quite a promiscuous life. And, you know, it was quite obvious that her and her, her husband had a troubled marriage. A lot of people said that it was a sham and that she just had a number of lovers kind of constantly coming through the house. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. It seemed that her tangled life caught up with her on the 2nd of February, 1979. So shortly before this, her and Bernard had agreed to officially separate and to live separately. And then she disappeared without a trace. The night before she disappeared, Bernard, who ran a butcher's shop in Bilton Grange in East Hull, gave her £3,500 to buy a new car, which was part of a separation settlement. So he gave her this money. Apparently during that day, she'd visited her sister who lived in Driffield and they had travelled up to Bridlington for a day out and then her brother-in-law had taken her home where she had this kind of change of money with Bernard. She was last seen getting into a red Ford Escort with an unknown man outside her home in Dornay Road in Bilton on the 2nd of February. Hmm. And Bernard had said to the police that he'd heard her leaving that morning, but that is the last kind of confirmed sighting of her so so this her getting into this red escort yeah was in the morning yeah it was about half past 11 on the morning of the 2nd of february February. um and a neighbor said that she saw her putting a suitcase into the boot of the car which was being driven by a well-dressed middle-aged man but she had been described all the way through as a devoted mom to her 11 year old son and detectives were really uncomfortable with the fact that she hadn't been in touch with him at all. So they thought that even if she had run away or gone somewhere else, she still would have been in touch with her son. It would have been completely out of character for her to not get in touch with her with him at all. She'd also not been in touch with any other friends or family. There was no sort of evidence of her doing anything with money. She'd not done anything with her finan- her finances. And when they looked, there was no evidence of her using her passport either. Okay. So they thought, well, maybe she has just like run off with this guy. But if she has, she's literally left every single trace of her life behind to do Mm. it. But in the weeks leading up to her disappearance, she told friends that she was afraid to be alone after receiving several nuisance telephone calls. And she was worried that someone was sort of out to get her. There were rumours, as I said, that she'd been dating other men in the area. And it's believed that she had connections to local sportsmen and businessmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was some sort of talk that maybe something had happened there. Her husband, Bernard, he was a successful and popular local butcher. He appeared to be a content and jovial man who treated his customers really well and built up a really good relationship with them. And school children from kind of nearby schools would go to his shops at lunchtime to get pies and sausage rolls. And <laughs> um, he was very mm. much a, you know, happy, happy guy. But obviously, you know, behind the scenes, his marriage was on the rocks. It wasn't going very well. They'd slept in different bedrooms for years and had only stayed together for their son. And um, he said that obviously he'd given her this £3,500 as part of a divorce, the divorce settlement that had been worked yeah. out. And Gloria had said that she was going to spend that money to buy a Ford Capri, which she'd always wanted. So when Gloria went missing, 
and there'd been reports of her going with the suitcase. Bernard had said that he didn't think there was really any need to report his wife okay. missing. Yeah, yeah. Kind of owing to the nature of her character and the lifestyle, the fact that she would kind of go off with these men and they were living separate lives and they didn't always see each other sort of thing. So he didn't he didn't think that it was a problem for quite a long time. But she's not been in touch with the son. That yeah, and that's kind of when after three months when he thought this is something that we need to um to do. But obviously as her husband, he was kind of a prime suspect to be involved in yeah. her disappearance. So he was interviewed several times um, immediately and over the years since she vanished. And with their, their troubled marriage and the separation, it wasn't difficult to suspect that he would have been linked to her disappearance. But officers were unable to produce any evidence at all to say that Gloria had been killed, never mind that he might have been part of it. Right. However, in a bit of a grim move, the forensic teams um, checked the mincing machines in his butcher's shop um, yep. to check that there was no sort of evidence of, of her in his mincer. But the imagination of some went wild and one member of the public sprayed graffiti onto the wall of his home, which said Gloria Sausages on sale here. Hmm. Yeah, that's, this is 1979. Yeah. So this is before DNA testing was, well, even developed properly, I think, wasn't it? So yeah. I guess it, they would have been able to work out if it was human, human flesh I and suppose, then, so, yeah. compared to, like, pig beef or, or beef. Yeah. yeah. But Bernard believed that his wife was still alive, and he offered a £500 reward for information on her whereabouts. Police told right. the media that Gloria was a good mom who loved her son, and they were convinced that she would have kept in touch. Superintendent Robert Carmichael said that there was no reason for her to run away. She was popular and seemed happy. I believe she was murdered and I intend to find her killer. Mm-hmm. The Sunday Mirror enlisted a clairvoyant <laughs> who said that she saw a blonde woman being stabbed on a motorway slip road and had connected the vision with the vanishing of Gloria after seeing her photograph. But no evidence was found. Some people had claimed that they'd seen Gloria in Holland and Mallorca, but police quickly wrote that off when they could find no evidence of her going abroad. A fresh appeal was launched in August 1980, so kind of just over a year after she disappeared, and a number of regional newspapers around the country reported it in the hope that she was maybe somewhere else and someone would see her, but there were no sightings. Police then focused their search on the Beck in Market Wheaton after there were reports her body may have been dumped there after a tip-off from another clairvoyant. However, nothing was ever found. Okay, here we are. Visiting all the local... Yeah, hotspots. <laughs> hotspots, yeah. In 1983, police yeah. received an anonymous letter claiming that Gloria's body had been buried in the backyard of a derelict property in Coltman Street in Hull. And the police hand-searched the garden at ground level before digging it all up. They sent specially trained dogs there to search the garden to sniff out human remains. And Mm -hmm. there was also a Second World War air raid shelter in the grounds, which was searched. But again, nothing was found. Yeah. And detectives said that the search was more a matter of routine rather than a genuine belief that she was buried there. Right, okay. But it feels like a lot of disruption if someone said, oh, yeah, there's a dead body in that garden, that they're just going to dig it up maybe we could tell the police that we think there's a dead body in our garden and they'd come and dig up all that concrete. Might, might be a wasting police time. But... <laughs> <laughs> they've probably got different ways of doing it now, haven't they? They could, uh, they're probably like 
scan it with like a. I don't know. I'm not sure they can actually. The, well, yeah, they do have those ground penetrating radars, but they don't don't think they're very accurate. It'd be just... awkward if we said we thought there was a body. They dug it up, and there actually was one. Wasn't was there? one, yeah. <laughs> the these sort of searches on the sort of tip off, or because someone sort of said that someone might be someone, it's very reminiscent of what's been happening this week with the Madeline McCann case. Yeah. Have you seen the photos of that reservoir, though? Like, oh my god, they are never going to find it. <laughs> well, it's 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 huge, isn't it? And I know they're yeah. only looking at a tiny little bit where there used to be a campsite or something there, the right. car park there. And they thought, but okay, if he used to stay on that campsite with his camper van or whatever he was staying in, why would he bury the body there? But also, if he's thrown a body into a reservoir, it's not going to stay in the same place, is it? Surely it's no, I, I got the impression and... that they were they thought she might be buried uh... on the shore, as it were, on the, around the edge of the uh, reservoir. Oh. I took huge. it to mean that they were like looking in the actual reservoir because I was thinking that. Well, like you're saying, after anything. 17 years or whatever, yeah, like, a tiny little body like that, yeah, you're absolutely right. There wouldn't be anything. There must so, be something that makes them think that there's a reason for them to go and look, can they? Because they wouldn't waste the time, would they? Short after well, 17 years, if they didn't think they were going to find anything. Which is comes back to what you were just saying about this yeah. case, where where someone sort of gave them the tip off. And, I mean, it was the German police in this case, wasn't it, in the Madeline yeah. McCann thing, because they've got that guy who is now the number one suspect and all that business, and they know that he frequented that area, so they've done it there. Is it just out of a matter of course, or is it because of a genuine lead that they've got that that, that might be a key yeah. location in the case? And I guess so, they might not find her, but if they find some sort of, I don't know, some of yeah, the clothes evidence. or something like that, then... Because that'd probably be still there after seventeen years, wouldn't it? It's probably not maybe, yeah. Her left if she's how, been um, for seventeen years. But there should be some bones, I suppose, if uh, if they're being protected. Yeah. Apparently, they searched it. Was it two thousand and eight? They'd searched it. Oh, okay. Or two thousand eighteen, I think they'd they'd done a search there already. So there must be some reason for them to go back. But countries yeah. are awfully big when you're looking for just one person. When people disappear, it just like hurts my head. Like, where do they go? Because people mm. don't just vanish. Like. They must have gone somewhere. So where, like, where did she go? Did she go with somebody? Did she just totally restart her life? I guess it would have been a lot easier to restart your life in 1979 than it would be now. Mm-hmm. But did someone kill her? What did they do with her body? If she was dead, surely there would be some sort of evidence somewhere about what had happened to her, or they might have found a body somewhere, or it's just, oh. Uh, and also oh, very frustrating questions so as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's no sort of closure, so is there? There's no closure. There's no conclusion. Yeah. And there's still yeah. that tiny glimmer that maybe one day they might come back. Yeah. But, yeah. So in 1981, the body of a woman was found near Sutton Bank, kind of near Thirsk in North Yorkshire. Have you ever been to Sutton Bank? No, I don't think I it have. It is beautiful. It is such a beautiful place. You should you should go someplace. Okay. And they, she was called at the time, and I think it's still referred to as the nude in the nettles, because okay. um, she was like a, a naked lady that they found it there. Yeah. The state of decomposition on her body indicated that she'd been buried at least two years before her oh, remains wow. had okay. been discovered, time which would tie in with yeah. the last sighting of Gloria. Um, however, after quite a lot of 
I guess, forensic investigation in 1981. They ruled out that it wasn't her. And they actually exhumed her body a few years ago to get some DNA to try and see if they could match her up with some other missing women cases. But still, okay. they've, they've still not worked out who. So they don't but... know who this woman They don't know who is. the nude in the nettles was. They think that she was in her 40s and had two or three children. They could tell, I guess, from her bones, I guess, how her Maybe. bones had changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that she probably had dark hair, they think. So, okay. <laughs> um, and Gloria yeah. had, well, Gloria had blonde hair, but in all the photos I've seen, it's definitely like dyed blonde hair. Mm. So I guess if they'd taken the DNA to work out that she'd had dark hair, maybe her DNA would have said that she had dark yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DNA wouldn't know she dyed it. She peroxide, didn't know. <laughs> I don't think it quite changes the DNA, does it? So, <laughs> no. Yes, they don't think that the, the body that they found at Sutton Bank was that of Gloria. Throughout the years, there have been many alleged sightings of her, including a report that she appeared on an episode of The Professionals as an extra. Okay. <laughs> but I feel like if you were trying to conceal your whole life and start again, you probably wouldn't go on telly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In 2013, Humberside Police reopened the investigation into her disappearance under oh, a cold case review. Okay. And detectives believe that it's possible they're dealing with a murder inquiry but have been keen to keep an open mind. <laughs> and they'd said at the time that, you know, it's a review of a long-term missing person. We're exploring the possibility she came to harm. She may well have had an accident or committed suicide. We need to review all of the case papers and explore all of the possibilities. And we will be concentrating on the last time she was seen and what the inquiry found after that. So a key part of the open investigation focused on trying to identify the man that Gloria got into the car with, who yeah. had never been traced. Because, okay. obviously, the neighbours, this was a concrete sighting, really, I guess, from neighbours, as as much as kind of witness statements can be. <laughs> Some people believe that he, he the, the gentleman could have been John Cannon, who was linked to the disappearance of Susie Lamplew. And they believe that John Cannon could have been the Mr Kipper that Susie Lamplew went to meet at the house the day she went okay. to around. So Susie Lampley, the estate agent who disappeared and was yeah. never seen again. But they've never found any sort of concrete evidence to prove that. They never so, found her either, did they? And they never found her, no. So as it stands, the cold case hasn't brought to light any significant new information. And in 2019, Gloria was declared dead, despite the fact that there was no evidence to prove that. But as she'd been missing for 40 years without a trace, she was declared dead. Okay. So where is Gloria? What happened yeah. to her? Is she still alive? Because she could still be alive. What's her like surname? Gloria? Bealby. Gloria Bealby. When She was 30... She was 36 when she went missing. Probably didn't mention earlier on, but she was 36 when she, she went missing. She's about so 80 she, now, pushed nearly 80. Yeah. So she could very much still be alive somewhere. Yeah. But she's living the best life in, like, Mallorca. But, <laughs> or... I was reading something and they said that they reckon she's buried under the Humber Bridge. But, you know. <laughs> but the Humber's a big place. You could dump a body in the Humber and never see it again. Yeah. Yeah, you could. It's a big, uh, big old river. It is. History. And I know it's not quite the scale of, like, the um, moors where 
Myra Hindley and Ian Brady operated, but you know, we are close here and especially kind of where they are at Bilford, but they're close to the sea. Mm-hmm. And they are, you know, not far out of like the Wolds, the Dales, the kind of North of York space. Moors. Yeah. There's a lot of space around here that you could put a body yeah. and um But who was the driver of that red Who was the driver Ford? of the Red Ford Escort? Escort on the morning of the second of February nineteen seventy nine. And if she'd taken a suitcase and Bernard had said like she'd taken jewellery and she'd taken clothes with her, so maybe she did pack up to go and just went and just decided to start again. And she definitely did? Or was that just him saying that? Well, there you go. That's and, that's the thing, isn't it? And how many neighbours saw her getting into a red car? Just, just the one, I think. Yeah. And how... I, mean, I, I, I think we've talked before, or I definitely listened on podcasts before saying that, you know, witness statements are only so reliable because they're so easily, things are so easily misremembered. Yeah. So definitely. if that's the only concrete thing said, oh yeah, we saw her get into a car. Oh yeah, it was definitely that day. It could have been the day before, it could have been the day after. It, it could have been all sorts of things, couldn't it? So Yeah. Yes. Hmm. So, yeah, that is the story of Gloria Bealby, who disappeared in 1979 from Bilton and hasn't been seen again. Certainly very local to your neck of the woods. Very local to my neck of the woods, yes. <laughs> yeah, interesting story. Frustrating there is no conclusion, though. Yeah. One way or the I reckon other. working on cold cases would be really interesting, mm. but also really frustrating because... Yeah, if you if you have to just use the evidence that you've got, well, you can't. Yeah, I mean, get hold of anything case, else. The, sometimes you you see these programs about cold cases, and at least they've got they've had a body, something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then they and it's been thirty years since it was the person was murdered, and they've got to try and find the murderer. But now there's new technology that they can uh, yeah, find they, the murderer. Find, it's generally yeah, what it comes down DNA to. Isn't it? And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas in this case, they don't. There's nothing. She's dead. No. Um, let alone have a body that from which they might be able to get any evidence from. No. They've so, got a couple uh, of eyewitness reports for bits, bits of sketchy details, and that's it. Nothing else. And the fact that she's never contacted her son yeah. or anybody else since that day and not used any money. This £3,500, do we know if it was in cash or whether it was just something in the I bank sort of... Or? took that it was cash okay i the way that i sort of read it was like almost like he gave it her the night before she disappeared but then i don't know there's something with that feels like a bit weird that he gave a cash and then she disappeared mm. or she took the cash and she ran off with it and she'd finally been given the money to be able to sort of free herself from her life sort of thing maybe yeah or he didn't want to go through the separation and give her the cash so he killed her <laughs> yep paid off the neighbor you just don't know exactly yeah could be allegedly allegedly or, yeah, um, or um yeah hypothetically that could have been a solution or yes she did meet up with someone who well yeah did away with her yeah she was meeting up with people hmm, interesting yeah. interesting and frustrating <laughs> yeah yes so um don't know if she's dead yeah don't know if she's alive but interesting to Consider the possibilities, I guess, of a missing so, persons case. Have you been able to find any any pictures or there are some pictures with this case? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some pictures of her. There's some pictures of like the searches that the okay. police did. There's 
some pictures of the family. So, yep, I will share those photos. And if anyone is listening, who may know something about this If anyone's listening, full stop. If anyone's listening, who who may know something about this case, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Then, uh, yeah, let us know and we'll pass on information to the appropriate authorities. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a contact. <laughs> yeah, in Humberside Police, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So where will you put these pictures? I will share them on our Instagram page. At Dad and Daughter Do Death. I will share them on Facebook. Dad and Daughter Do Death. If you want to get in touch with us about this, if you've got any information about Gloria or um, you want to talk to us about any other cases, you can email us at... Dad and Daughter Do Death at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening and thank you very much for finding out that story. Always good to have a bit of local colour. Absolutely. In, yeah, in I just these. thought it was interesting that this woman had just disappeared locally and they don't know what's happened to her. By way of a trail, the next story that I would like to cover also involves a place that I know quite well and various members of the family, an area of East Sussex, Pevensey Bay, where mm. my nan, your great nan, used to live just cool. along the coast from Eastbourne and maybe some of our listeners will also know about Pevensey Bay. So join us next time when once again, Dad and Daughter do death.